Is this thing on? Hello? <laughs> McFly? McFly? Uh, good evening. Good evening. It's great to be here at the uh, nexus of pop culture and Cherry Road. Once again, we find ourselves right there at the nexus. Again. As though we never really left. Are you like me when you turn off the podcast, you just sit by your phone for the next 7 to 14 days? I do. Waiting for those two guys uh, to come out with the next podcast. And hoping against hope that they'll become a little more consistent in their casting. <laughs> you know, the market research tells me. Well, I feel like we are really nailing the 26 to 27-year-old demographic uh, for uh, urban financiers and uh, the 63 to 64 demographic for uh, rural Midwest. Specifically the Northwestern Iowa corridor. You really, you know, it's not uh, the kickoff of the presidential campaign season that Iowans look forward to with such great uh, anticipation. It is the next episode of the Nexus of Pop Culture and Cherry Red. That's right. They're caucusing about it right now as we speak. That's, that's an interesting word. Do you, do you feel like we maybe as a society that we don't caucus enough? How are there not more Dukakis caucusing jokes back in 1988? I don't know. That's a great question. And one of the many mysteries that we might at some point decide to uncover on the nexus of pop culture. And that's why I never became president. That's, that's probably true. I think if somebody could have picked up on that, you would think, I mean, I imagine that his campaign managers made an extraordinary, uh, got paid an extraordinary salary. Uh, so why is it that they couldn't seem to? Somewhere someone has a sheet of notebook paper. There's a bunch of like puns crossed off. It says like, do hyphen caucus. <laughs> Caucusing with Mike. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm, I've, I've been really looking forward to our, uh, to our topic for this evening. Yes, and so we'll be discussing this evening the original Halloween. There may be some references to to sequels, but the main focus will be just that original Halloween from that debut in October 25th, 1978. Uh, I want to be, uh, just go ahead and be very upfront and clear about something here, is that in my mind, there were no sequels. <laughs> You know, in many ways that well, you know, 2018 was a great sequel, I thought, and I liked Halloween Kills that came out just a, uh, two weeks ago. But but I agree, every everything in between, uh, not good. But this is one to start with. So I would like to know how did you come to see Halloween? When was your first viewing of it? Your first experience with it, Scott? Stephen, I'm going to have to say that I, I honestly, I honestly don't know. Uh, I would imagine I, I I watched a lot of movies when I was younger that I probably should not have watched. Uh, 
having viewed, uh, and, and I'll go ahead, full disclosure here to uh, all our Nexites out there who are, uh, uh, <laughs> yes, I just, I just coined that. Uh, uh, all our Nexites out there who are, uh, uh, you know, curious about where we're going with this, I decided to watch uh, Halloween 1978 uh, this past weekend just to uh, refresh myself. And I was I was quite amazed, and and we can go down this road, this this particular thing topic that I'm about to say here, uh, a little bit later in the podcast. But um, I was surprised at the lack of gore. Mm-hmm. It was intentional, uh, and uh, which I'm sure you know all about, and that was uh, that was pretty uh impressive now the gratuitous nudity (laughs) (laughs) that that's probably what uh would keep me from letting my children watch it but you know that was not something that i was uh very uh sheltered from when i was a kid so you know i probably saw this movie if not when it came out uh and I know that sounds extraordinary given that you and I are the same age and you know how old I was in 1978. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would imagine that I saw this best case scenario and I'm using best case as, gee, this was really inappropriate for a child to see this best case scenario is probably that I saw this when I was seven or eight years old, uh, on like HBO or something like that. Back back when there weren't 70,000 movie channels, right. uh, there was just home box office. And right, my so, dad calls it home BO. Yeah. Oh, I, I like that. Home BO. It almost sounds like, you know, some sort of disgusting bodily function. <laughs> it does. <laughs> um, hey, Steve, what, turn on home BO, Susan. So, yeah, I, I would imagine that it was then. I would imagine that I was probably quite traumatized (laughs) by it. Uh, Michael Myers is a, a very scary character. There, there's, there's no, there's no other way to put it. There is, you know, I think of, because, because we grew up in that genre of, of horror, you know, because, the same time as the Friday the 13th movies, the original ones. And, you know, that reached an absurd level, obviously, too. Right, uh, this came out in 80. Um, the, the first one? Yes, 1980. I'm going to need Stu to check that. What do you think it is? That, Hallow- that the very first Friday the 13th came out in 1980? That is correct. I'm going to say that it was 77. No, you're wrong. Halloween came out first. Halloween is the beginning of the slasher genre of of horror films. Um, And Friday the 13th was a series that was made in response to Halloween. And then we can thank all the crappy sequels that we got because of the success of Friday the 13th. I'll be doggone. You're absolutely right. I I don't know why I bother to challenge you. (laughs) Pick up the red flag, Scott. Pick it up. Um. So, I, you know, I, I 
Michael Myers to me, at least in the original films, and and I'm, when I say the original, I'm going to go with one and two. Okay, uh, you know, obviously three had nothing to do with Michael Myers, and then after that, it just started to downward spiral in my mind yes. until you got until you got to that travesty of a Rob Zombie movie. Yeah, it's uh, terrible. Well, I don't um, want to acknowledge that. But uh, I have not seen Halloween 2018. I have not seen Halloween Kills. So I have no, I have, I have nothing to contribute to the conversation in that way. Well, I'll just but say I'll, this. So, so, you know, Halloween 2018 erases everything from the point of where at Halloween ends, the, the, you know, in 1978, when that movie ends, mm-hmm. it, nothing happened after that until 2018. So even Halloween two is off the table, um, okay. And it's, it's just it's a direct sequel. And then Halloween Kills is the continuation of that night in two thousand eighteen. Um, okay. And two thousand and Halloween Kills and Halloween two thousand eighteen are two very very different movies. Um, but I still thought Halloween Kills was was really good. And I won't get any spoiler, spoilers on that for our large audience out there. So here's the thing: I won't do in this podcast. I won't do. I won't. I don't, I, it drives me nuts when I listen to a podcast about a movie and they recap what happens or they describe the main character. So we're not going to necessarily, we're going to talk about Michael Myers. We'll talk about his mask, but we're not going to give these really boring basic descriptions or we won't give these cliched, you know, uh, summaries of, of Halloween. But I did want to share. So for me, my first exposure to this came, I remember, so, you know, I, I may have told you, sir, but there's a there's a boy that was probably five to six years older than me lived up the street that was obsessed with these movies. So um, when they when Halloween came out, he probably was eleven. By the time Halloween two came out, he was fourteen. So most of what I knew of Halloween, I just heard from him um, and didn't really understand. I'll get back to this in a minute and later in the podcast. I really didn't understand a lot of stuff at that point um, because I hadn't seen the movie. So the first Halloween movie I saw was Halloween two. Uh, and I, and best I can figure out from the timeline is that I saw that on Thanksgiving of 1982, uh, which would have been a year after it was in theaters. And that, and I heard enough of the, about the original uh, that when I, we started watching that movie and I don't know how as, cause I was nine in 81. No, wait, I was eight. No, age 82. So I was nine. My cousin was eight. My brother was maybe 11 at the time. I don't know how on Thanksgiving night we, we end up going to the video store convincing you know, our parents that we should watch this movie <laughs> in the basement of my uncle's house on Thanksgiving night. Uh, they just left us down there to watch it. Kid, three kids between the ages of eight and 11. Um, mm-hmm. So we watch, we watch Halloween 2. And like I said, I recognize the beginning right away where she talks about the boogeyman. And, you know, because it, it just picks up part part way into the original. Anyway, uh, I, I watched that and I really, I didn't like Halloween 2 at all. Um, I, I, I think it's a, the story's bad. It's frustrating. I won't get into too much of that. I think that it's also a movie that sets itself in 1978. And, you know, if, if you live during that time, there's a big difference between 1978 and 1981. Huge difference in terms of culture and even technology and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So even the sound of the music in it is is, is synthetic and off. Um, so anyway, I, I probably 
maybe another couple years went by before I finally saw Halloween and I would watch it on, it would come on like, you know, channel 17 or channel 29 Halloween night. So I'd only ever seen for years, the edited versions of them. But as I watched Halloween, I was like, Oh, well, this is a completely different movie than Halloween two, which I could never get past Halloween two. Why a hospital would be staffed with like four people. Uh, and they had like two patients in this entire hospital, which never made any sense to me. But Halloween <laughs> was completely, you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Uh, Halloween was a completely different experience. A very suspenseful movie. Um, he, the the character of Doctor Loomis I always thought was great. It's very rewatchable for long stretches of Halloween um, of that movie. I love to just I, there's certain stretches I like to watch, uh, and I know if a certain stretch is on, if it starts in the wrong place, I still might not watch it if it's on. But I, but I also realized that the kid up the street for years before I saw Halloween. So now I'm like 10 or 11 and you know, I'm starting to put pieces together as I'm watching this and seeing things like Michael Myers in the backyard, Michael Myers by the hedge, Michael Myers with the butcher knife. Cause if you go up to his house, my brother and uh, and I never saw this myself would, he would chase you around with a knife inside the house. And he, he had a mask. He would, he'd even carry around a little picture of this back early eighties, little one of those little handheld paper quarters. Mm-hmm. And he would play the Halloween theme music that he just recorded off of the TV watching the movie. But one of the things he also used to do that I never really understood until I saw the movie was he would like to, we, we lived down, literally down the street. So the street went up and they kind of plateaued and he lived at the top of the street. And so there was, there's a lot of space between the yards, but none of the yards were fenced. And so he could easily travel uh, between the backyards. No problem. We did that a lot, but uh, but a lot of times when we were playing, uh, one of the older kids, who's just a year younger than him, we would hear him yell. The kid's name is Simon. He'd go, dang it. He goes, there's Simon. And way off in the distance, he would just be standing there watching us. Sometimes like in a neighbor's yard. Sometimes you'd see him by a hedge. Just standing there. And as I'm watching this movie, I'm like, oh, I actually have been in this movie because that's what Simon does. Uh, and so that's when I started to watch it. It was like, I've been in this. Of course, Simon never actually killed anybody. He was strange, though. And he did follow us around one Halloween night where he walked. He wore a red hoodie, red zip-up hoodie, and a white mask. And he carried around a knife. And he followed us parallel everywhere we went, saying nothing all of Halloween night. From the minute we walked onto that sidewalk and we turned left, I remember him being across the street in his red hoodie and white mask, turned on the Halloween music and followed us all night long. Without saying a word ever. Totally bizarre, isn't it? That is crazy. So you had like some traumatic experiences associated with <laughs> so this to, film, it sounds like. To, no, to me that didn't bother me. Um, okay. Because I, I simply was like, I was like, oh, I've seen this before. This is, this is, this is Simon, where I, I knew my brother, it impacted my brother much differently. He, he was never liked Halloween because of that reason. But, but I think that's the best part of the film is, is, is everything that leads up in movies like 90 minutes long, probably a little bit less, but it's so good because that movie just builds in, in terms of tension, you know, and really that first segment where Michael ends up killing his sister, that's kind of just like a quick microcosm, of the whole film, you know, you've got, you got the music going, you've got tension and it builds to a climax there of him just kind of creeping around. And then, you know, there's that dramatic scene right there at the end. Um, or not the end, but where he 
guy ends up killing his sister. But the rest of the movie is just that it's just really nothing happens for so long in that movie until it turns nighttime. There's, mm-hmm. a, there's a part in that there's a part in that movie where they turn, they're in the car where they're listening to Don't Fear the Reaper by the Blue Oyster Cult. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they take like a left and it's now nighttime. It was kind of sun was setting. And from that point on, that movie completely changes in terms of like, this is just someone who's kind of seen around town to now this someone is right there following you to your house and, and going to be in your house. So let's talk a little bit about the film itself then, uh, because you know, you've, you've, you've kind of laid us into that. And, and I, I think there, there are several things I, I'd like to, you know, just kind of start. And obviously, as you said, we're not going to give a full out summary of the whole film, but you know, mm-hmm. I think that, that, that there are, it's a good film for breaking down into parts based on set, uh, uh, analysis based on setting, maybe. Um, uh, you know, you y- you start in the in in the first. Uh, you, okay, you've already kind of discussed the scene with his sister in the beginning and all of that. Okay, mm-hmm. and then you have, if I remember correctly, then you get the credits. Uh, after that, the opening credits. And, no, the, cre- uh, the credits. The credits come first. Oh, they, so, yeah. Okay. Yep. You're right. You're right. They do. So then you get the switch from the, I guess, what is it, 1963 to, um, to 1978. Mm-hmm. And, and Loomis and the nurse are driving up the, the, you know, driving in the dark in the rainy road. And, and you know, I don't, I don't know if you, you know, she's chain smoking. Yeah. Um, which is. Mar- Marion's her name, by the way. Um, which is hilarious. Uh, you know, that. <laughs> You, know, you don't often see people chain smoke uh, in 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 you know in any kind of setting. You see people smoking still, but I mean that's becoming more and more rare as people you know over the years have stopped doing that. Whereas in the 1970s and even up into the 1980s, you know, smoking was not frowned upon, and in some cases you might even say it was encouraged. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there she is lighting a cigarette off another cigarette as they're driving in the rain. Um, and she's driving and, uh, you, you go up to the, to, to the mental hospital and all the, it's all dark. And then there's some comment made about, do they always let them wander around like that? At which point, and this is where I want to start things off here. Okay. At which point, Loomis says, no, this, you know, there's clearly something wrong. And he gets out of the car to go use the phone at the gate. Is that, is that, that's the understanding? Yes. Okay. And then there's the incident with Michael jumping on the car, trying to choke the nurse. She's able to break free, gets out of, of, of the car. He jumps in, drives it away. And then suddenly Loomis comes running back. And I'm thinking, how far did he go? <laughs> where where was Loomis this whole time? I don't think he moved. I think the car went backwards. So you think that... I think she puts the car in reverse. And put some distance between her and Loomis? Right, and that's why Loomis came running. Because remember, there's even a shot of her feet on the gas pedals at one point. 
I just I, I I didn't feel like they got that far. Um, well, they ended up in that ditch. Yeah, right. Which I didn't think it took them that long to get to that ditch. Uh, and 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 Loomis is still not there. Almost like Loomis is he's so engrossed in this phone call to whoever he's calling. Right. He's not he's not noticing what's going on with Michael. Right. And 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 that so that I, I found that you know a little bit strange. Uh, you know, I don't want to pick this movie apart too much because I love this movie, uh, and and I don't want anybody to, you know, any of our, any of our uh, next sites to come back and be like, why are you trashing Halloween '78? And I'm not. I love it, but there there are some things in there that I, I, I that, especially having watched it just a few days ago, that 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 I did find a little bit troubling. Um, that was the first thing. Uh, By the way, okay, so I want you to. Uh, there's a sound effect that they use in Halloween that, in just to give you good context for it, going back to the very first scene at the house when Judith Myers goes up to her bedroom with her boyfriend and she turns off the light. There's a sound effect that's there. It goes like doo doo, mm-hmm. and that's used later in the movie too. Do you know where else we hear that sound effect? And I'm almost certain of this. It's, it's when I say it, you're gonna know it, but you're gonna laugh. Going, I would have never caught that. Do you know where it is? Yeah, I, I want at least. Uh, I know that we can't have a lot of dead air, but I want at least five seconds. All right, take these five seconds and give me your guess. I don't know. Tell me. That I believe is the sound. It was made when the Tiki Idol was being worn in the on Brady the Brady Bunch. When they went to Hawaii, that's that same sound. You're absolutely right. It is the and same. I feel like sound. no one ever, no one ever talks about that. But um, you know, Marion, Marion is um, that nurse, same actress. She comes back and is is killed off in the beginning of H two O, and then she comes back again. In Halloween Kills. She was in the last movie. Okay. But, okay. Uh, I, I I like Loomis a lot. Uh, it's one of the reasons why I hate Rob Zombie because I hate what he did a Loomis character. But there's some good conversations in there. That's where he talks about like wanting to keep him locked up and makes the comment about she, she says, can you refer to it as him? Um, and he says, if you say so. Mm-hmm. And then like yeah. 15, 15 cc's of Therazine. She's like, I don't, you know, he'll that is the point, or however he says uh-huh. it. Yeah, yeah. I. Uh, um, okay, so so that scene ha- happens. They they move into. Uh, he gets the car, drives away, and uh, then I believe, uh, if I'm not mistaken, then we shift the scene to Haddonfield. Mm-hmm. Yep. And. Um, uh, so, correct me if I'm wrong, but by my calculations, uh, in, in, through the whole movie, not counting his sister, but counting the body that Loomis missed when he, is, when he finds the, the abandoned, uh, or he finds that abandoned truck 
Uh, you know what I'm talking about here? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, not counting his sister, there are four four bodies. Yep. Is that the correct? body count in this movie is is low for? Yeah. Okay. Um, and we, we don't even and, see. Kind of laying in the. Right. We just see the body. Yeah. And, uh, and but I mean you know I mean it's obviously that was Michael, um, but uh, uh, and 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 the other three are all in the same place. Right. right. Yep. That they're yep. all, yeah, they're all in uh, the house, the, the but they're in the they're in the little girl's house. Mm-hmm. Lindsay Wallace's not, house. Yes. Not not uh, not the boy's house. Tommy Doyle. That's yes, that's that's the way that it. And then the final scene plays out there. Mm hmm. So, you know, I was that, that that's something that for it to be. And, and this goes along with what you said about uh, it being such a um, slow moving yet fast paced film. Uh, and, you know, I don't I don't even know how how that, I think that's one of the geniuses of John Carpenter in this is that it was slow moving, but yet somehow simultaneously fast paced. It's the music. It's the music. It ratchet the relentless. I think the only time the music stops is uh, when Lori walks up. Uh, she walks up to the door at the house. Michael's behind the door, and when she walks out in the street, it stops so you can hear his breathing. And that may mm-hmm. be like one of the only points where it stops. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it manages to that music just creates tension and dread, um, and you know fear. Yes, so that that then that's another point where the, the movie takes a, a turn is where all of a sudden he discovers Lori and why why is he following her, um, and why is he following Tommy too? And that's never yeah. never that's a question that's never answered. And if you skip, if you skip all the way to Halloween two thousand eight, it's an answer even if you're Halloween for it. It's never explained, and that's why Rob Zombie's movie is terrible because. He gives Michael a backstory for giving reasons why he's doing everything. If you do, to me, it's not as scary. Right. And I think it's always important, too, is to think about the first time you saw this movie and you didn't know what was coming. This movie is very scary. You have no idea what, or why he keeps popping right. up. Why is this guy wearing a white mask? Mm-hmm. And just kind of, you know, head, he's at the car uh, outside the classroom. He's at the car driving by. They say, hey, jerk, speed kills. And, he's uh, uh, he's at he's at the playground, uh, with yeah yeah with uh, Tom. And then he gets the car. He follows him. Yeah, yeah. And then he and that, then and, he stop and then he stops following him. Yeah, yeah. And there's no explanation. And even right. there, there's a great there's a. He gets in the car, drives along. And he's kind of right alongside Tommy, and the, the music there is just almost it's so intense and the, the, the it's so fast. It just. Mm-hmm. thing because you don't know is if I take this kid like you're thinking run time yeah. you know, look over mm-hmm. people in Haddonfield have horrible peripheral vision um, they really do including including so, uh, his sister's boyfriend who walked down the stairs and he was right there in the other room and didn't see him so the um, 
the friend, uh, the first one to die, the in the car. Annie. Annie, thank you. Annie, Annie Brackett, um, Sheriff, Sheriff Brackett's daughter. Sheriff Brackett's daughter, uh, which, you know, there's never any – I, I can't remember in Halloween 2, does, 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 is there any mourning for Sheriff Brackett when they discover – yeah, he makes he makes a comment about how he needs to get home and tell his wife before somebody else says something. Okay. Um, um, and then he's he's in Halloween Kills as well, same actor too. Really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so she um, the the whole thing. Her character was a, a little bit overplayed, and but I guess that was also the 70s which i'm trying to project 2021 onto Mm -hmm. uh you know with with and her and even more so uh the other one um linda linda totally uh linda was hard (laughs) linda it it was difficult not to root against linda a little bit um she was in stripes uh, was she really yep okay okay um but I was I was I was trying to think where I was where I was going with uh, the what I was saying about Annie. Um, oh, okay, yes, I know exactly where I was going. Okay, so here's the thing. So they're walking down the street, mm-hmm. and with the hedge scene, the famous hedge scene, you know, where he's he's standing there at the end of the hedge, and then Annie goes down there, and nobody's there, and she does the whole thing about he wants to talk to you and ask you. Out. So where could he possibly have gone? Because Michael Myers, this. Michael Myers didn't run. He was not a runner. I've I've even replayed that so many times where I try to look, after, and then there's just a little split second there, and I I always try to see if I can see any movement behind that hedge. Uh, right. And I remember even when I went to that hedge, looking down there, thinking like, all right, where would he have gone? Mm-hmm. Uh, I agree. It was yeah. Where'd he go? And and same thing too. They look out into the backyard, or she looks out in the backyard, and she sees him standing in the laundry, and she looks. Uh-huh. And then she looks again, he's gone, and I always look to the trees there, and I look to see if you ever see his feet or anything like that. so great about it is you never see, like, how does he move? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's because... As far as his movement goes, the best scene of the way that he moves that we have is when she's run out of uh, Lindsay's house and has gone back to Tommy's house and she's mm-hmm. trying to get in the door because Tommy and Lindsay are in bed. And he's, you know, I mean, the best way I can say it is he's lumbering across the street. Um, and, and it's, it's, you know, well, I won't say he's moving clumsily, but he's moving absurdly slow and, uh, you know, which is, which is, you know, that's kind of a, I think many Holly, many, many horror films borrowed that from, from Halloween, right? Uh, because that, that big picks up and builds up the intensity, but it doesn't play out with the laundry scene with the hedge scene. How did he, you know, how did those things happen? Uh, right. If, if, um, that, and that makes it such a great mystery. It's like, what, you know, what's, what's happening there? And it, it makes you yeah. wonder like, is she just imagining this? Is it just stress? 
And then how does he manage to close doors without even being there? Right. That's, that's, that's amazing to me. The hedge is pretty scary, but I always thought the, the, the one where she looks out the window and her window. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's not in the backyard. That's, uh, that's how it scares. She thinks it's Mr. So her friend's like, it's Mr. So-and-so. Mr. So-and-so is 80 yeah. years old. Um, I'll also say that uh, another very scary scene is when, you know, she's discovered the bodies and she's standing there at the top of the stairs, you know, in, in tears. And, and then all you can see is his face beginning to. Yes. That's the, the, the lighting that they use. And that's why the, you know, the scene with the laundry room with Annie at the house where you just see his face in the background. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, she's, she's talking in the phone. You, see, she turns mm-hmm. and blocks it, turns back around, it's gone. Right, that works so well. Uh, yeah, which which I always yep. thought was in in the rest of the sequels. It never it never created that because the sequels just they just picked up with just it, it was a slasher movie and it, there was no suspense in it. Um, mm-hmm. And that always was what made that still makes that movie interesting. There's so much. Um, because it seems like she should be killed in that laundry room, but then uh, she mm-hmm. gets in the car, um, mm-hmm. which I'm not so fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, there's a couple questions I have. Um, some people I've heard this debated on other podcasts about you know, Loomis says keep it quiet, or they'll see him on every street corner. Mm-hmm. Horrible strategy if you have an escape killer on the loose, right? Let's keep it quiet. Right. Why yeah. wouldn't you want him to save every street corner? Now, I've also heard why didn't Sheriff Rackett warn his daughter? Well, I don't think he'd he'd want to. I don't think he'd want to do that. I don't think he was he was he was not convinced yet uh, that this was a huge threat. But here's the thing that always bugged me and still still does. So we see Michael at the hedge. We see Michael at the schoolyard with Tommy. We see him outside Lori in class. We see him in his mask because we know he's wearing it because we actually can see. We see the mm-hmm. we see the mask earlier in the day, but in the scene where Lori and Annie drive door, where the alarm's going off, and she's like, "Hey, Dad, what's going on?" He goes, "Nothing." It was like some ropes, some knives, a Halloween mask. Mm-hmm. For him to have stolen the Halloween. That store. That means that alarm was going off for like eight hours, right? Because he had it. <laughs> he had it earlier in the day. Yeah. So crime. Plus, we see yeah. him. That's that's one of the great ones too. Is like you know, Loomis goes to talk to Sarah Bracket right there, and then you see Michael in the background just drive, and Loomis is facing mm-hmm. the other direction. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now it's and... that was. I also felt like Loomis should have noticed the car for much sooner than he did. Oh, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Recently, some for some reason, how much that bugged me. Um, um, shoot, I just lost my train of thought. But so I'll keep my until I get that back. My, I always thought that I would actually. How would I write this? But I always thought that a film just called Haddonfield would be interesting, and the film may have centered on. What's going on? The 
uh, and then mm-hmm. somehow tie into the back of the film, back into the film. I, I don't know. I just thought that'd be interesting to see more what was going on in the town. Um, I do. This is what I, I was bought. To me, it was weird that there are times in the film where, like, Lori gets home from school before any picture up. There's trick or treaters already out. So, yes. and that's like four in the afternoon, mm-hmm. which was way too early to see trick or treat. Right. And then later that night, when they're out, there appears to be hardly any trick or treaters at all. Right. But then the Halloween too, there's trick or treaters all over the place. Mm-hmm. I always kind of wondered that. I mean, there there is some parts where you do see him, like when he initially gets out of the car, um, when he goes to follow Annie to that house. You do see some trick or treaters go by, and and it makes yep. sense that they wouldn't notice him because it's Halloween night. Right, but I, I do like I do like this things like where Tommy looks out of the window and just sees him standing there across the street. He kind of staring, and then when he also sees them carry the body uh, around to the front of the house. Yep. Um, I'd have to go back and find this, but there's one part where I think um, before they leave the house. He, it appears something's moving in the background, and I don't know if it was just a total mistake or not, but uh, just before they go leave the house to take her over to Tommy's house, when she's sitting on the couch, it looks like something moves behind her. So next time you see it, see if you see something there. Now, when, okay, this is... Explain like, the hey. scene to me again. So Annie's talking to Lindsay. She's sitting on the couch watching scary movies, and she says something like, hey... How would you like it if I could arrange for you to go watch a scary movie with Tommy Doyle? Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, yeah. Amazing. And something and like keep your eye on it, but right, like right behind the couch where she's sitting. Uh huh. I ne- I always wondered, I thought I thought I saw something move there, and I didn't know if that was like a it was supposed to be Michael Myers, or it was just like something moving, you know, like maybe someone was moving in the background that should be moving there. It's very okay. subtle. Okay. I'll have to check that out. Um okay, so we need to talk about the knives. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you're you're uh, grappling with a you know a your would be assailant, and uh, you somehow manage to get a hold of the butcher knife and are able to, uh, st- or actually, she doesn't even stab him with the butcher knife the first time. It's a knitting needle, isn't it? Right, and, and it's really cool. There's the there's a scene in uh in Halloween 2018 where they go to the prison and they go to see him. Which, by the way, you you probably recognize this. The prison in Halloween 2018 is actually mm-hmm. the courtyard on Citadel's campus with the red and white checkers. Okay, you know what I'm talking about. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Anyway, standing there, and they, they kind of give a side shot, and you can see the scar on the left side of his neck from where she would have stabbed him, which I thought was a cool touch. That is a cool touch. Okay, so she she stabs him, and and when she when he does, he drops the knife on the front side of the couch where she is. Right, and then she and, picks it up and looks back over. Yes, and then she sits down and collapses in a heap and lays and drops the knife. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you know we've addressed that he has multiple knives because. Uh, Sheriff Brackett says some knives were taken. So so right. we assume there's more than one knife. So no problem there. And he could have taken some from the Wallace household. 
Sure, absolutely. I'm not, the, the the quantity of knives is not is not the problem. So she leaves the knife there, mm-hmm. and then of course you know he's not truly dead, and so then there's the closet scene where she's in the closet and she gets the hanger and then she stabs him with the hanger. Right. Uh, again, knife laying on the floor. Why the second time does she not take the knife with her? I I don't have last. Some people have a problem with that. I don't. I don't think in that situation you're necessarily thinking of picking up what could have been a murder weapon. Um, okay. I think she's just trying to get so traumatized that she's not thinking straight. Okay, I'll buy that for not picking up the knife. But why continually keep turning away from the body? Now, I don't know. I would have gotten the hell out of that house is what I would have done. Yes, absolutely. And for a long, for a long time, I, I, watched, I watched the movie and I'm like, you know, he's, you know, he stabs her in the great scene. He stabs her like in the shoulder. Uh-huh. Whatever this I'm mean, a great scene, by the uh-huh. way, where he just kind of turns and is at the top of the stairs. It's one of the classic yep. shots. Um, yep. And she runs out and she goes to the neighbor's house and she uh-huh. bangs on the door or the window and yells for help. And they turn off the light. Done that too. But I always thought, well, I was like, if they let her in, the movie's over right there. I'm like, then I realized for some reason, like, no, he would have just gone in that house and killed those people. Yeah. So those absolutely. people made it. They made one of the best choices in the history of cinematic history. Yes, without question. That's the equivalent of Eddie Murphy saying, you know, uh, uh, white people go in a house and hear a voice say, get out. They're like, oh, we better investigate. (laughs) (laughs) And Eddie Murphy says, black man goes in the house and hears a voice that says, get out. He's like, all right, I guess we're going. (laughs) (laughs) And that's, you know, that, that to me, yes, you're absolutely right. Excellent choice. Yes. Excellent choice. They saved they saved the lives of themselves and whoever else was in that house. Yes, they um, did. And that's you know uh, because you know we we don't know the backstory of the guy who got murdered for his clothes, um, uh, but I'm I'm sure that he probably was just minding his own business, uh, and Michael killed him. Uh, I always so, wondered where this the Loomis makes that phone call. Where it discovers those bodies? I didn't realize. Where's that mountain range exactly in in Illinois? <laughs> I, I don't know. Also, heard a, a really good on uh, Halloween Unmasked, which is on the Ringer Podcast Network. They brought up a great point there. So they said that Haddonfield is 150 miles from Smith's Grove Sanitarium. Sanatorium. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that car was a brand new station wagon in 1978, which that car got 11 miles to the gallon. So somewhere Michael would have had to stop for gas. <laughs> how did you have to pump gas and how did he pay for it? Assuming he probably didn't pay for it. But he would have had to refill the car at some point. And he didn't have the mask at that point in time. Right. Well, he wouldn't really need the mask, right? Because he would just... I mean, he looked kind of distorted when they did unmask him briefly. Well, yeah, he's been at that point. He'd already been like 
he kind of got the needle in the neck. He'd already gotten the um, he had already gotten the needle in the eye. That's when she's kind of like wandering out into the hallway, and the kids have run out, and he comes up behind her, and then he's struggling with her, and she pulls up the mask. So his eye looks. She would have stabbed him with the with the hanger. And so the so the actor we see there, he's not. You know, Nick Castle plays the shape. John, one of John Carpenter's like hippie friends that they paid twenty five dollars a day um, to do that. But do you know who when Michael's unmasked? Do you know who the actor? The actor has a famous sibling. Do you know his his name is Nick Moran? Do you know who his famous sibling is? Is the last name Moran? Aaron Moran. Yes. Joni. Yes. Yes. Yep. From Happy Days. Uh, I feel vindicated now after the uh, whole... That's a, uh, the Brady the Bunch in Hawaii. Brady Bunch Hawaii scene. Yeah. Also so, this. Do you, do you know the name of the actress who, who played Annie? What's her name? I have no idea. Nancy Loomis. Oh yes, I do remember seeing that now. Is now is there a connection there? Is that why it's Doctor Loomis? I, I've never found anything that says that that's why, which I'm surprised because I often thought that's like a really obvious thing. But mm-hmm. you know, Haddonfield is um, is where Deborah Hill was from, who's one of the producers, and that's a town in New Jersey, which is not far, terribly far from where I grew up. Um, uh, so there's not a real Haddonfield, Illinois. So another another question. I, w- I want to talk about Loomis and his gun. I love Loomis. Loomis is any any scene with Loomis is worth watching over and over, including Hey Lonnie, Agre- get your ass out of there. Agreed. But I, I want to know, you know, did was Loomis surprised that you know six shots to Michael? Point uh, near, nearly point blank range. I mean, Michael was very close. You know, even 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 somebody who was a poor shot mm-hmm. uh, is going to hit him every time with every shot, uh, just because. I mean, he was from, you know, from, and I know that our viewers, our our listeners can't see me right now, but just go ahead and assume that I'm in a reasonably small room from here to the wall. It was not a a a, a lot of distance to cover. So he shot him six times. Shots in that movie is he. Sh- he goes back into the room, and then there's like a close Michael Myers breathing heavy, and then he shoots him more. Right moment where like it's like breathing on the mask is really intense. Um, yeah, yeah, but but here here's my question: is is does Loomis think that this is going to kill him? Loomis thinks that he can come with a gun. Okay. In his face. Right. When he looks over that balcony, he's not there, and just the camera goes back to him. He's just Captain Ahab. Just chasing. Yeah. And just, just the looks the looks in his face are great. Anxiety he has. Let's go back to something you said earlier. Desmond. Oh, you know, they... the... Keep going back to the house. 
his his family house, right? Mm-hmm. And they're they're walking, assuming him and the sheriff are are walking all around town looking. At that some point in the movie now, and Mike moved that the last time he moves that car is when Annie and Lori arrive at this house, right? So the car doesn't mm-hmm. move. Mm-hmm. I think he's like he's still at the Myers house. They just turn around and goes, "Ah, there's a car." Like, right. Wouldn't it have been there for the past four hours? Yes, and why? Yeah, why does he just then notice it? I, I just yeah, I that's 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 a criticism I have in the movie. That that just and it, it never dawned on me until recently. I'm like, that was really awfully quick. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, he, he had he had time to play the prank on the kids. But he didn't have time right. to turn around and see the car that was sitting there right behind it. Right, right. Or even going in the house, he wouldn't have noticed that car. I mean, it's it's, it's a car he was in too. It's not even right. like it's like 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 Michael car picked up a car like he picked up a car randomly somewhere, and they just right. didn't know what it was. Uh, yeah, I I, str- I struggle with that a little bit, um, and and I do I, I do struggle with uh, you know with uh, Laurie. Strode not getting out of the house. Um, I uh, I just feel like that after all of that, especially considering she sent the kids running, you know, in a in a traumatic experience, the the a lot of times people will respond by making sure they are taking care of the people who are close to them. She sent these two kids running out in the street. But he was behind her, though. So yeah, well, understood, understood. I'm, I understand that she made the right decision there. But then it seems as though, after she's stabbed him with the coat hanger, shouldn't she, number one, run out out of fear for her life and and the traumatic situation? But number two, to go see, okay, where are the kids now? I don't think so. Uh, I just don't think, I think that we have to keep in mind that she, she had a lot of injuries too. Um, uh, Falling over that railing. So I don't know how much adrenaline she had left. I think she's just at that point of exhaustion. We didn't talk about that really classic scene though, because where, you know, we see the the sense of humor of Michael Myers when he dresses up. Oh, it's, it's, it's my favorite scene in the movie. I really do believe that's my favorite scene of the movie. Um, and the uh, the progression of Linda's uh, um, attitude <laughs> as that scene plays out. You know, yeah. from first, it's, it's funny, to second, it's, okay, it was funny, give me my beer, yeah. <laughs> to... You suck and I hate you. <laughs> right. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. Yeah. And um, the boldness of having sex in their uh, in the the house of these other people. Yes. Yes. And like the way they talked about it. Oh, and that brings me to another point that I want to bring up. The way they talked about it, though, that's like a, an every Friday night occurrence. <laughs> right. Like. <laughs> Who's got the babysitting gig tonight so we can come over with our boyfriends and have sex? 
Yeah, I don't think we ever, we never do see Paul. That was what I was about to bring up. Is boy, do you think that Paul feels like <laughs> I'm glad I did whatever I did to get yeah. in trouble to get me grounded. And do you remember what happened to they mentioned the name Ben Schramer? Do you remember what happens to him in Halloween too? I do not. He's the person that the ambulance like hits and like sandwiches between two cars and catches on fire. That was Ben Schrager. Really? Yep. <laughs> because they, they, they think they got him. And then later in the movie, Loomis is hanging out with the, the sheriff and they're like, hey, we haven't found our friend Ben Schrager. And Loomis is like, what was he wearing? And they say, he's wearing this really crazy mask. He'd been out drinking, wandering around. Hadn't come home yet. <laughs> and you can deduce that's actually, and I think they actually do identify him later by dental records as being Ben Tramer. But I just, I don't like, I think the whole, when you get to Halloween 2, well, I'm a, so first, you know, Halloween 2 was written in like, the, you know, I think they drove, drove a dump truck full of money up to John Carpenter after the success of Friday the 13th. And you know, the rumor is he wrote the, he says he wrote the movie in one night drinking a six pack. But so Halloween, the original, was not long enough to be on network TV for NBC in whenever that came on. Maybe it was 80. So they had mm-hmm. to have it. Do you remember the additional scenes they added to Halloween, to the original, that they shot uh, years later? No. I have no record. I, I think there was three scenes. Maybe it was two. One, there's a scene where Linda, not, yeah, Linda comes over to Lori's house. And she borrows like a shirt. It adds absolutely nothing to the film. Then the two others are, there or this the other one I'm thinking maybe is a scene in Halloween too. But the other one was there's there's Loomis sitting in like a, a almost like a um, a hearing about Michael Myers being released. And you can actually and you can find these you know Google deleted Halloween scenes and you can watch those. And now those were included when I was watching those movies on TV growing up, like on, you know, the local VHF channels, those extra mm-hmm. scenes were in there. So I always wondered when I rented it, why were those scenes not in there? They don't appear now when you watch them on like, you know, AMC, you don't see those, but, but you can't Google those. Those are out there. There's another one too, where I think it's one of them is the one where she, she goes and I don't think it's in Halloween too. I think it's in, it was re-edited back in Halloween where she's talking to Michael, where Lori's actually at the hospital and saying, Michael, why are you mad at me? Michael, why won't you talk to me? So if you've never seen those, look those up. Now, is Halloween... I like to not get my streams crossed here. Mm-hmm. Well, well, actually, I'm still talking about Halloween because I know it's Halloween. But is Halloween 2... The one where he's after Jamie? That's Halloween 4. That's Halloween 4. Okay. Halloween 2 is just, it, it, you know, it assumes he just gets up, you know, walks away, um, and starts just killing people again. It, indiscriminately for no reason, which makes no sense because the movie we just saw. And he, kills right. more, he kills more people in the first five minutes of Halloween 2 than he killed in all of Halloween. Um, right. And then Halloween so, four, you know, three, three has and, no relation. Four, four picks up as if Michael Myers survives that fire. 
and Loomis does too. Uh-huh. Um, because I think there's actually no indication at the end of that. The end, Holly too has them put Lori in the in the ambulance, and I don't think they show that Loomis survives necessarily. Um, four has the great ending. One four is okay. I liked it when I was younger. I don't. I watched it last week. I didn't love it, but it has that great ending where it turns out you know Jamie's now the killer. Where you know they put it, it ends the way the first Halloween starts. It's this great twist ending. And we're well, and the and, theater. and and Loomis's reaction. Oh, that's great! It's awesome. It's incredible. And then yeah, you know, like a year later, five comes out. I remember, we went to see it in the theater, and I'm just like, what happened? They they they. They acted like they just brushed it off, and all of a sudden now Jamie's mm-hmm. this, this good guy. And Halloween Five is just horrendous. Um, Halloween Two, Halloween Five, Halloween Six—they're just they're Friday the Thirteenth movies. H two O comes back, kind of re- redeems some things. It's cool that she finally kills Michael at the end. Then a resurrection, which is horrible. You know, in the first 30 minutes, they completely undo Jamie killing Michael by explaining it was an imposter. Um, and then Resurrection yeah. ends with you not knowing if Michael's alive or not, but you see an eye open up. I think that the greatest thing that you've done and you've done in this podcast is your is what you haven't said. And it's your complete omission of Halloween three. <laughs> How, Which, there, there is, there's a certain amount of people out there that really like that movie. I've come to find out. I don't, I don't like it. I, I actually think it's a really creepy movie. I don't like the masks. Um, and I don't, there's, so how much, how well do you remember Halloween three? Not terribly well. I remember the jingle. Pretty good tension there in the beginning about this guy who was um, who who was murdered, um, like in a parking lot or something at the hospital, or his car exploded. Anyway, so the way this investigation kicks off, like this doctor ends up talking to this woman who um, was the daughter of this man, and from his relationship with her, investigating you know, the death, the strange death of her father leads them to the factory where they wear the masks. Um, and the uncovering this, you know, Celtic cult or whatever it is. But here's, here's where the whole thing just gets totally stupid. So, you know, he even has, there's a scene where he has sex with this woman in a hotel. And so then, and keep in mind, if he never meets this woman, he never investigates Silver Shamrock's mask company, right? Mm-hmm. So at the very end of the movie, we find out that she's actually a robot. Yeah. So why would they make a robot that led him in to discovering their company? It didn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, Unless she was just killed off at some point in the movie that we were unaware of. It just, the best part of the movie to me has always been there's maybe a, there's a scene there where he's roped up in a chair and, and he's, they're forcing him to watch the original Halloween. Uh, that's the best part of Halloween 3. I, I, don't, I don't like it, never did. Yeah. And I just, I don't like, I don't like the, I don't like the feel of Halloween. 
too. It's just they, it's like it's it. The stuff with Loomis, I can watch. I'll actually watch Halloween too, and I'll just fast forward all the Loomis stuff. But I don't, I don't really like the turn where it's Lori's sister, which 2018 erases the fact that Lori's his sister. They've made mentions of the film that was a rumor, but Michael and Lori are not related. Um, but you remember the part where he. He he actually fires the gun in the state trooper's car. Yeah, and makes him turn around and go to the hospital. He goes, "What do you get? One warning shot?" And shoots out the window. So, why was in three? Why was the subtitle "The Season of the Witch"? Well, because do you mean like overall or specifically to the plot? Um, specifically to the plot. Well, because they were like Celtic witches that were trying to usher in some new era by these children being killed by these masks. Okay. But, you know, and the idea was, you've probably heard this, you know, the, the idea that Carpenter had was, like, Halloween was a, just a standalone episode. They ended, open-ended with, you don't know what happened to the Boogeyman, right? So Halloween right. 2, in the original idea, would have been just a completely different movie. And there would have been, like, you know, three or four Halloween movies that were just about different things that happened on Halloween night. Yeah. Which, which may have been a better, a better choice given all the crap sequels that we got. Uh, It's just garbage. You don't, you don't need an, if you give an hour and a half backstory or hour on Michael Myers, it just doesn't make it, it doesn't make him. Cause I don't know. I've watched that, and I don't know. Are you trying to make me sympathetic for him? Um, because he's definitely not a sympathetic character. But I feel like it's it's just, it's it's a different feeling knowing that who's behind that mask, and they have motive for trying to get to his sister, and it just 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 doesn't work. And I don't like I don't like Loomis in that film. Didn't yeah. like it. I do. What I really liked in Halloween Kills is that Halloween Kills um, will actually, actually, about a third of the movie is flashbacks to this. It's it's new new scenes that they filmed back to that night in 1978 and how they captured Michael, which I thought was really interesting. Well, now, so who, let me ask you this: who 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 are the actors playing? Like, who plays Loomis in these? In, in these new movies. Loomis is only in kills as like, a, you know how they did Peter Crushing for Rogue One? Yeah. Kind of like the computer generated. Okay, gotcha. So he's in there a little gotcha. bit and, and it works for me. Um, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think, it, and then in, in 2018, what happens is uh, there's a doctor in there named Dr. Sertain, which I guess they're trying to make it sound like Dr. Satan. Um, who was Loomis's doctor? Who like was Loomis's almost like his uh, intern that took over for Loomis, and then he's in uh, he's in 2018. Okay. Okay. Well, um, all right. So, 2018 is 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 very good. Don't watch Halloween Kills until you watch 2018. I think Halloween Kills is fine. The big complaint about it was that he kills too many people. There's too much blood. Which I agree with a lot of that, but I think overall Halloween Kills did a good job of containing the story for 2018. There are some questions that I have, especially the way it ended was very odd. Um, 
to what happens next. Because trying to figure out, you're at, you're at that point where, like, you know, what what exactly is Michael? You're not sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But, man, isn't that great? The way Anthony, he looks over the balcony, and based on the look in his face, and Jamie Lee Curtis just starts crying, and then the music starts, and they just go in reverse all the locations he's been. And it's just yep. a great way to end that movie. It is. It was a fantastic ending. Yeah. Fantastic ending. So that brings us, though, I believe, to our Mike Schmidt trivia question for the evening. Is it how many times has Mike Schmidt seen Halloween? The answer is 18. Uh, it was actually going to be how many times did Mike Schmidt refuse to make a cameo appearance in any of the Halloween franchise movies? <laughs> Zero, because he just never asked. You just can't stump him, folks. No, I, I think where, he used Mike Schmidt's hair and they glued it onto the latex mask. I think you're probably right. It would have been better. The only thing that could have really improved the 78 movie is if the Michael Myers mask slash William Shatner, which we didn't even bring up. Um, it's just it's but, been done so many times I tried to avoid it. But yes, the mask, yes. the mask in, in four sucks, the mask in five sucks, in six it sucks. If... And H- if the Halloween 78 mask had included a Mike Schmidt mustache, that would have been better. I'm just going to go out. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to say it. I'm going to say what we're all thinking. It would have been better with a Mike Schmidt mustache. Um, so the, the, the question is tonight, uh, I'm going to give you a softball because I feel like, uh, you know, this has been somewhat of an intense conversation. So, uh, uh, in in what city was Mike Schmidt born? He's from Ohio. Ah, yes. Oh, oh, does he not know this, ladies and gentlemen? Uh, sound like Milton or something like that. Um, no, I'll tell you, it's 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 a well known city. It's not a it's not a it's not. It's not a Haddonfield, Ohio. I'm gonna guess Dayton. Um, that's a that's a great guess because that's correct. All right. He's from Dayton, Ohio. That's. I mean, it's amazing, folks. I'm gonna tell you what tonight's trivia question was brought to you by Lilford's, uh, which, by the way, I ate at last Thursday night. It was excellent. Um, I uh, I had the creme brulee for dessert. Uh, it was, which was, outstanding. were you really there? Yes, I really was. I really was. Uh, I, you know, uh, the owner was not there that night. Otherwise there would have been some really, uh, strong, uh, recommendations for, uh, preparations for our, uh, podcast anniversary, which is fast approaching. I think, I think he needs to know or she that we constantly plug Wilford's is a wonderful place to eat. I'm I'm going to, but I I really do feel like we need to do that on location, you know, uh, cast. Agreed. Uh, And uh, that would require, you know, Lilford is only a a 30 minute drive for me. (laughs) (laughs) So yes, it might be a 13 and a half hour drive for me. Yeah. So the uh, question uh, is always going to be, 
what are these guys going to talk about next? And to find that out, you'll just have to tune in next time on the Nexus of Pop Culture and Cherry Road. Agreed. Indeed, sir. And I would love, I would love it if you, in between, then you could watch Halloween 2018 and Halloween Kills. <sighs> no, I feel like we're going to change. No, I'm, 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 I, I, I do commit to doing that, but not. That's not going to be the topic of the next podcast because. Oh, I agree. Gonna, I agree. I agree. We might need to save that for next Halloween because we need. Yeah, yeah. You know, maybe we should we should watch it together. Well, I like that. Yeah. So we will. Uh, I think that next time we're going to start talking about some uh, classic supporting characters on sitcoms throughout TV history. Right away, we'll, we'll start with Peter Scolari and Michael from Newhart, just to... <laughs> and, as in a tribute show. I'm going to let you take that one away because that one is, that one is very... Uh, I, I know that was a crushing blow for you. Uh, very, fans yeah, out very there, emotional. Fans out there that do not know, uh, uh, the world took a hit uh, recently. Uh, when Peter Scolari, star of both Bosom Buddies and uh, Newhart, uh, passed away, and, and and we do mourn him, and we send a uh, the equivalent of a 21-gun nexus of pop culture and Cherry Road salute to uh, all the uh, Scolariites out there. So he, he was also in an episode of Family Ties where he worked with Elise and had a crush on Elise and thought thought she was sending him signals and he tried to kiss her. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, he knows all crossovers. <laughs> so uh, we will we will begin uh, that episode here uh, in 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 the very uh, not too distant future. Uh, we do apologize for the the gap between our, which, you know, is receiving all sorts of rave reviews uh, across podcast land, the uh, epic episode uh, regarding the Battle of Wits from The Princess Bride. And now we are going to offer you this, our take on Halloween 78, the classic film. And stay tuned next time for our deep dive into the most excellent supporting cast members of in television history. And remember, if you like uh, us, write us a review. Give us a five-star review. Yes. Share with your friends. And go to Lilford's and tell them that Stephen Scott sent you. That's right. They'll know what you mean. And then you'll be at the Nexus. Indeed. All <laughs> and right, then so you'll get the full fever and you'll have nexititis. I don't know if that's anywhere similar to the flavor of a Pringle. It's but... it's really the same. I hate it's the same thing. I just renamed okay. it. Okay. Okay. Good. So. All right. Well, have a happy Halloween. You do the same, and uh, same to our listeners out there. And uh, take care of yourselves. You too. All right. Happy Halloween, everybody. Bye. Bye.